This is the Radio Talks podcast from Learning Waves. Hello and welcome to Radio Talks, the official industry podcast from Learning Waves. I'm Andy Matthews and on this episode of Radio Talks, we've gathered together some of the brightest and best in the radio industry and we're going to be talking about 2023, how was that? Uh, But also we'll be looking into 2024 and talking about that as well, what's ahead. So look forward to hearing from Fiona Stack from Radio Kerry, Brian McCarthy from Urban Media, Gabrielle Cummins from Beat 102-103 and also John Purcell from KCLR, who is also the chairman of IBI and also the Radio Centre Ireland. So they're on the way in just a few moments. But first, though, let's get the industry news and find out what's happening across the radio industry in Ireland from Hannah Casey. Our 2024 training kicked off today with Referendum 2024 Guidelines. Hosted by Sarah Kieran, media lawyer, this fully booked course helps stations plan and prepare for upcoming referenda in March. Declan McLaughlin also joined the course to give further guidance to attendants. The Radio Presenter course students have begun their work placements. The 12 students who completed the programme in December are now putting their new skills into action. Best of luck. The TY Media Week students from Galway Bay FM returned to the studio on the 29th of December for a special show. Joining Kate O'Malley for On The Move, the students gave a review of the year, showcasing their favourite moments from 2023. Cabrina Conaty celebrated one year of working in radio this week. Cabrina completed the Learning Waves Radio Presenter course in 2022. She has gained experience across several stations, including Today FM, Dublin's 98FM, iRadio and Spin 1038. In industry news, LMFM's late lunch show celebrated 15 years on air last week. Presenter Jerry and producer Louise welcomed back some of their very first guests from the first show in January 2009. Congratulations and continued success to the team. The WLR Christmas Appeal raised €100,000 for St Vincent de Paul. Throughout December, listeners took part in a series of events organised as part of the initiative. Well done to all involved. Ireland's classic hits are looking for a regional sales manager. Following the retirement of long-serving Helen Cruz, the station is looking for someone to head up their local advertising division in the west, midwest and south of the country. Applications close on the 26th of January. Also, WLORFM are looking for an on-air presenter and content creator. Applications close on the 22nd of January. iRadio is looking for a breakfast producer. Closing date is the 11th of January. Galway Bay FM are hiring a newsroom journalist. Closing date for applications is Friday the 19th of January. Go to the job section on our website for more details on these roles. Investment in Irish advertising during 2024 is likely to rise by 3.2% to 1.32 billion euro according to the annual forecast from Group M. For the radio sector, Group M pencilled in a growth of 3.9% to 157 million euro. Congratulations to Northern Sound's Sean McCaffrey, who celebrated a big birthday this week. Happy 50th to Sean. Congratulations to Matt Cooper from Today FM on his podcast, Path to Power, which has just launched with Ivan Yates. Deirdre Walsh has celebrated 17 years on air with Radio Kerry. Deirdre presents the Talk Bet Show, the afternoon talk show. Congratulations to Aoife Kearns, who has been appointed News and Sports Editor at Beat. Red FM has unveiled its new positioning as Cork's Good Times, promising a fresh era of music and entertainment. Shannon Redman announced that she is the presenter of the new show, The Home Run, on KCLR 96FM, weekdays from 4pm to 7pm. Best of luck to Shannon with her new show. Keith Cunningham and Emma Nolan are to host new weekend shows on Today FM. Keith will host Saturday afternoons 2pm till 6pm from Cork, where he currently hosts breakfast on Red FM. And Emma, who is current breakfast presenter at Spin 1038, will host Sunday evenings. In upcoming courses, the training calendar continues to fill up for 2024. 
The applications are open for Learning Wave's senior management program, Manage, Lead, Inspire. Limited places remain. Contact Learning Waves for more details on this. Hosted by Mary Ward Shareskills, MS PowerPoint Intermediate to Advanced on the 31st of January, MS Excel Intermediate on the 6th of February, and Power BI for Business on the 13th of February. It's time for stations to prepare for the upcoming referenda in March 2024. Referendum 2024 guidelines will be hosted by Sarah Kieran, media lawyer, on the 17th and 23rd of January. Places are filling up fast for these workshops. Secure your place now. Data journalism seeing through the numbers will be delivered by Dr. Don Wheatley, DCU, on the 23rd of January. This four-week course focuses on how data tools can assist and support journalists in digital storytelling. Need a hand managing your time effectively? Time management training will be delivered by Jennifer Dowling Train Remote on the 6th of February, a two-day program with day two taking place on the 20th of February. Keep an eye on our training calendar and social media for further updates on training in 2024. Never fails to amaze me the amount of activity that's going on in the radio industry in Ireland and I'm sure that's only the tip of the iceberg. Remember, if you have something that you want mentioned on the Radio Talks podcast, just email info at learningwaves.ie and Hannah will pick up on that and we'll include it in the next podcast. But now, we've gathered together some of the biggest, brightest radio heads in Ireland and we're going to talk to them right now about how radio has performed in 2023 and maybe where it's going in 2024. Let's start. John Purcell from KCLR, who is also the chairman of IBI and the chairman of Radio Centre Ireland. John, 2023 for radio in Ireland, how was that? I think radio has been performing very strongly and I think uh, particularly since COVID, there's a renewed appreciation of the power, the strength and the trust in which radio is held in by our audiences. As to whether we get enough money, uh, I don't think so. Not yet. Um, it's been very positive. But if you look at uh, the the lion's share of marketing spend is commanded by digital. Uh, and when compared on a like-for-like basis, radio isn't yet punching at a, an e- equal rate. I don't necessarily think that's the fault of radio, but I think people have a bit of a starry-eyed view of digital and its effectiveness, which repeated research carried out particularly by Radio Central Ireland shows is somewhat misplaced and radio is perhaps the most powerful and resurgent media we've got at the moment. Brian, obviously you deal with agencies on a on a daily basis. Like, do we still have the same um, misconception that radio is the old man or old woman in the corner or is that changing, do you think? I think it's changing, but I think it can change more and there's an onus on us to, to make sure we do change it. So, um, you know, you look at where radio has grown, and I think it has done well to echo John's point, but where it's grown has been in areas like digital audio. Um, and, you know, the important piece for that for agencies is measurement. So, uh, you know, why digital is so strong is because it's measurable. Our digital audio can be measurable. And I think that's something that we've got to work on as well to to make sure agencies understand that. I think another thing that helps uh, and has been a real success from Radio Centre has been the Audio Academy what that's done is it's brought kind of, I suppose, non-traditional radio listeners, those younger planners coming in to, to, into a kind of workshop to help them understand the power of radio. And I think that's going to be really important over the coming years to make sure that people understand the strengths of radio that John's just talked about. Okay. Do you think, um, Gabrielle, I'll go to you on this. Do you think that radio has improved its digital offer? Uh, say radio in Ireland particularly, has, has it improved? I think we're definitely um, on the improvement ladder. Yeah, there's definitely more work to do. But I think so many stations have tried to enter that space more. We're 
we're all trying to do more podcasts as well, which I think is a good thing. Um, but in terms of commercial overall in 2023, I would echo uh, Brian and John about the Radio Centre. I think that's really been game changing. And as well as everything that they've mentioned, I do think the fact that we now have a value on our industry that the Radio Centre publishes the figures of the value for radio is one of the biggest things that we've achieved in, in 2023. And we'll be looking forward to, to getting those figures published at the end of this month. So just as regards, say, 2023, uh, how did that go overall? Brian? I think it was a really good year for audio. I think um, lots of really good things happened. Um, we did some research ourselves uh, with Dentsu uh, Sound Effects, which we do every two years. And the really, really exciting finding out of that was that uh, a kind of listener cohort that we've named Audio Addicts, which uh tends to be young males has grown significantly in the last two years so over a third of the population 37 percent uh are now in that audio addict category and that means that they basically consume their the audio they consume is 20 percent of their overall media consumption and i think that's a really really exciting space when you know radio's probably been challenged with being older and and not being relevant when you've got those young males which is a really really difficult audience to reach tuning in in such high levels to audio i think that's great um i think you know you, you look back at things like the imros and you look at the celebration of what has been achieved by the audio industry and the radio industry in 2023 i think you, you know you can kind of sit back and look at some of the amazing things the you know world-class podcast the brilliant content that's being created the brilliant promotions the excitement so um i think you know radio has definitely taken a big step forward in 23 and i think it's going to continue in 24 i was just going to say um the irish audio report which is published by radio center echoes what what brian is talking about there we can spend a lot of time talking about digital audio and audio generally but if you look at the strength of live radio um 74 percent of the time spent listening to audio is uh, to live radio and people can do that on their old traditional wireless but they can also do it with their smartphones their smart speakers and so on so there's plenty of life left in uh, live radio fiona uh, we'll come to you um what what challenges did you see in 2023 what what were the difficulties i i think actually 2023 was a positive year for us i think like john has mentioned there earlier i think radio proved its worth during covid you know and i think even was it a predictions for the year ahead done by core recently seeing newspapers and that struggling but that radio is actually hopefully growing you know i think we're easily accessible people didn't have to leave home to make a purchase and stuff like that so i think they're all um positive but i think the challenges um will continue to be the fight for revenue you know particularly um in a digital world i think you know i'm sure we'll come to them later but things like staff retention um an awful lot of admin and bureaucracy in our in our world which is understandable in some ways but when you're dealing with small teams of people it can be a challenge Gabrielle, can I come to you to say, as regards, say, the youth audience, uh, obviously there's been some consolidation, there will be more. Uh, do you see that as a threat or is that a is that a positive for youth radio, do you think? If there's anything I've learned in, in 2023, it's absolutely that, you know, embrace change and uh, no two days are the same. And, you know, you have to look at, at these things as an opportunity. And I suppose in in during COVID, youth stations would have come together on a few different um opportunities and projects uh, from an, a digital perspective. So I'd imagine there'll be a lot more of that in, in 2024. From a beat perspective, obviously we celebrated 20 years on air. So we, um, like everybody else has said, it was, a, it was a really positive year. We had lots to shout about. And I think from the sector point of view, 
one of the big highlights as was we kicked off the year with the um Radio Days Ireland conference and you know at previous previous conferences there might have been a bit of kicking ourselves whereas I think everybody came away from that event with a renewed sense of vigor and positivity and appreciation of our sector because as as Fiona said it really proved its worth during covid so I think it was lovely that we started off the year in such a positive way and that helped to to carry forward throughout the year in in talking to a few others from a few other stations the 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 real hard job seems to be to trying to try and encourage younger people into the industry it's it's definitely the ongoing challenge and all of the youth stations have to just fight so hard to get ourselves out on the ground um to make sure that we're engaging with them and it, and we have to do it in so many different ways now you know like obviously the learning waves ty media course is a brilliant way for all of us to to engage directly with them and i'm sure you'll mention it elsewhere but you know the the funding that we got from for sound and vision for the bespoke project where radio got five million um, a lot of those projects again will see us front facing doing our best to target um, that youth audience like we're we're in the middle now at the moment of working on our ty not ty we're working on a um digital media literacy roadshow that we're going to be rolling out to 20 schools around the southeast and like we wouldn't have been able to do that without that new funding that we received from commission demand so it, you know, projects like that will help to ensure radio is front-facing for that fickle youth audience. Let's talk a little bit. You mentioned Commissioner Naman. Um, do we think the the industry is over-regulated or under-regulated? Fiona, can I ask you that? I think we all accept that there needs to be regulation. Um, you know, like ultimately the airwaves that we are licensed to use have a value, you know, and there needs to be responsibility in terms of misinformation and stuff like that. So, um, I'm I'm not sure that we're overregulated, but I think there is maybe an overexpectation in terms of the size of teams we have. We've all small management teams, and you know I'm, I'm sure people feel that more and more of our day is involved in uh, paperwork and applications and compliance and stuff like that. And on a personal level, I suppose I just feel um, it draws me away from making radio, which is really probably where my my heart is, but. I understand it, but I think, and I think we made a lot of progress this year. Um, IBI did with um, Commissioner Man in the most recent round of Sound and Vision, where there was a lot of consultation in advance of it, and they did take on board um, some of the feedback we we gave to make it a bit more user friendly and to to make it a little bit more, um, I suppose, a bit broader than they might have originally intended, and that was very welcome. John, can I just ask from a local radio perspective, what what are the major challenges that you're facing currently? Well, I suppose the fact uh, of the local radios tend to operate in quite small markets and our competition is largely national and international. You know, we're competing for um, space, headspace and attention with national broadcasters, uh, particularly well-resourced state broadcasters like RTE. Um, and also uh, we're competing with the Facebooks, the Googles and the online platforms, as indeed all radio uh, stations are. And just kind of circling back to the regulation question i think it's something that has to be looked at in a comparative way i mean for uh, you know old school type media as in like if you wind back 30 years ago uh, we're probably appropriately regulated but in an uh, in an environment where um, you know social media online platforms can scrape a huge amount of data and so on. There's a glaring inequality uh, between the expectations that are placed on us 
and the regulation that we face in comparison to uh, the, the largest players in the overall media market, uh, which are uh, the online areas. So I think a lot of work needs to be done in that, particularly in the whole area of commercial uh, promotion. You know, if you look at podcasts, you look at online um they're virtually very, very light touch regulation. However, um, you know, on on radio, on live radio, there are a whole plethora of regulations that IBI and the operators of stations uh, would argue that are a bit um, heavy handed and that need to be looked at in the context of the world in which we all live and operate. Brian, what about you from a sales point of view? Is it uh, is it difficult to get good salespeople? I, I, no, I wouldn't say we're finding it difficult. I think it, it. what probably is the biggest difference is I think the skill set has probably changed. I think you, you need people with different skills now um, to what you may have been used to, um, it, particularly, in, you know, if you look at where the industry is growing, you know, like solutions, uh, out-of-spot stuff. So traditional ad revenue, which was probably, you know, an easier sell is, is under pressure. So you need those kind of skill sets, that creativity, you need that kind of digital now. So it's important to make sure you're getting those people in. I think they are out there. I think some of the mass layoffs in, in some of the bigger tech companies have maybe made them not such attractive places. Previously, they would have been a big drain on both agency and, and uh, media people. So uh, I think they're definitely out there. Let's talk about 2024. Uh, we're in it now. We're in the thick of it. Um, predictions. And I'll go to Gabrielle first. Gabrielle, what, what do you predict for the industry and for Beat in 2024? Well, the big thing for for the industry, a lot of stations are entering into license phase again. Um, you know, it's funny. I was looking back at my um, the strategy for 2023. And at that point, I suppose we thought we'd be working on the license for Beat in 2023. But it'll probably be the end of 2024 and maybe start 25 before we actually um, sign that new 10-year license. So I think Commerce Unaman um, still has a lot of recruitment to do. You know, it, it's, it's, its remit has grown so much from its um, previous remit under the BAI. So excited about um, getting stuck in to, to that new licensing um, process. Um, all of the the Kamishunaman projects, uh, there you know they're they're a hefty amount of work for all of the stations that uh, most of us have committed to rolling out between now and June July. So, um, it'll be brilliant to see radio stations rolling out some really diverse and interesting projects that they wouldn't have been able to do. From a, a gender equality, diversity and inclusion perspective, um, Learning Waves is working on developing a strategy for the sector. And I know most of us on the call are part of that committee that's working on it. So, again, this is something that the, the sector has to be doing. Um, and I think there'll be more of that from audiences and from the agency world. They're demanding that we, we have these policies and sustainable policies that it's just something we're going to have to embrace more in 2024. Okay. Uh, John, can I ask you, what are your predictions or where do you see the industry going in 2024? I think radio is on the up uh, and I think we're going to see more growth and we're going to see, it's very difficult to grow listenership because <laughs> listenership to radio is so very strong across uh, the whole um, spectrum. You know, 92% of adults will listen to radio at some stage every week and 98% of li- adults listen to some audio every week. So, you know, we're, we're at pretty pretty good uh, reach in terms of the audience. Um, I think Radio Centre has exciting plans uh, to grow the appreciation of the medium across the next uh, 
couple of months in terms of events, promoting creativity, bringing out new research, particularly around the whole area of effectiveness of radio or broadcasting. You know, we've heard a lot about the accountability that uh, digital and online provide, but I think um, the the elephant in the room from a good point of view is the effectiveness of radio because radio through over the years in survey after survey, research project after research project, the effectiveness of radio really comes out very strongly. And I think we have to shout about that. On the other side of things, um, you know, you'll hear everybody from community groups, individuals, politicians talk about how important radio is to the democratic process. Um, and, you know, we've got local elections, we've got uh, European elections, we've got referenda all in this country. Uh, and also, of course, we'll have an election in the UK and one in the United States. We're going to be genuinely challenged in the environment in which we operate um, to cover those elections um, properly. Uh, my fear would be that we'll end up drawing back from coverage of politics and so on because of the perils, the resources required. And, you know, we've been talking to the government about that. So that's a big item on the agenda for the year ahead. That's interesting, isn't it? Fiona, from a news point of view, do you see that as a challenge as well in 2024? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the elections are going to prove um, more challenging than any we've done before because of the just like huge emergence of social media and unregulated comment by people. And I think people don't realise that, you know, you can't come on radio and just say and think everything, anything you want in an anonymous um, way. I think we're going to be challenged by candidates who don't necessarily even, you know, see themselves being elected, but they are aware that they will be, you know, entitled to airtime if they stand as a candidate. Um, and I think we're going to need to protect our own staff, like some of, and I, I'm not sure whether the others have found this, some of the commentary um, and, you know, um, comments on Twitter and here to reception and that can be very personalised about journalists and um, presenters. And um, like when in an environment where we're already struggling to recruit and retain key people, you, you, we need to protect our staff from any type of personalised um, abuse. So I think that's going to be, um, very challenging. Um, like Gabrielle, we're going to be in license renewal, and I don't think any of us ever take that for, for granted. I think um, we're going to face revenue challenges, and again, that will be key to our ability to pay good salaries and uh, retain people. Um, I think um, there will be JNLR challenges, and I think that the stuff that we're doing in Sound and Vision will hopefully show that radio can give um, leadership in these areas of gender equality, diversity and inclusion and others. But yeah, I think there's a heavy workload ahead for all of us, and some of the challenges in terms of... Um, the elections and social media and uh, stuff like that. Some of it is, is, is outside our control. You know, somebody coming on air um, with the best preparation and the best protection we put in place can still make a comment that can leave a radio station with um, a defamation claim that can tie us up in knots and be very financially, um, you know, um, challenging for a station, no matter what protections we put in place. And I think we'd all be hoping that maybe Commissioner Mann and others would would protect us in that, that, you know, we don't absolutely have to give everybody um, uh, airtime if, if we're concerned about what they might say. Yeah, it's another headache you don't really need, to be honest, isn't it really, I suppose? The, uh, and finally, to Brian, your, your group has seen some major change over the past past couple of months uh, and weeks, in, indeed. What, what do you see 2024 being like for you? 
I'm really excited about 2024. I don't know, it's because of just a two weeks off and I'm refreshed, but uh, it, it feels like a really, really exciting time for um, for radio. Um, I mean, I think, you know, you look at, you know, look at what you're talking about. I think, you know, being able to get some of the best talent in Ireland back on the airwaves in Ireland, I think is really, really important. I think it's great that we've been able to do that. Uh, I think Dublin has probably been challenged as all kind of being the same for a long time. And I'm really excited to see how that market pans out. We've made changes. Other groups have made changes. I think, you know, the Dublin market is as vibrant as it's ever been. And I think it's going to be really, really exciting to see how that all kind of plays out over the next kind of couple of months and years. Um, overall, in terms of the industry, you know, you, you mentioned at the start of this that the industry is, or the media industry in Ireland is to grow 3.2%. The prediction is that radio is going to grow more than that. It's 3.9%. So again, looking forward to seeing that growth. And I think we've got to work hard to make sure we deliver that. Um, you know, when, when I see things like Fulcher Ireland running campaigns for staycations and daycations across every single radio station in Ireland last year, that really excites me because I think we've got massive opportunity as a group to grow the pie for us. Uh, so that everyone can have a bigger share. So it's, you know, it's not about us fighting over the share radio currently has. It's about us growing that share by showing how well we can work together. And I think Radio Centre has played a really, really big role in that. And, you know, even up until the end of last year, you look at some of the the big issues that have challenged Irish society. So, for example, road debts. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough to be brought in by the RSA in court to be asked to provide a solution to that. Uh, and the fact that radio, uh, in conjunction with, with some other media, was able to provide a lead in that and creating something just showcases how important um, we are to the Irish society in terms of delivering key messages. And I think that can only be a good thing for us moving forward. Uh, one of the challenges, of course, or one of the changes is is AI, artificial intelligence. Do you see that as a as a challenge going forward, Gabrielle? Yeah, it's funny. It was it was first raised at um, Radio Days Europe last year, and one of the presenters from Canada um, put up a, an audio piece where the host was a person and the co-host was AI, and you could you could hear the gasps in the in the auditorium um, listening to it. So I think it's something that we need to tread carefully with, but I do think there is both opportunity and risk, and it's just about embracing it in the right way. And it's funny, I was reading um, Peter Smith, um, CEO of IRS, commented on it in an article in IMJ on Friday, where he said, it'll be important for radio stations to strike a balance between automation efficiency and the personal touch in order to maintain authenticity and community connection that we already have with our audiences. And that's the, the key point, I think. So, you know, I know some of our sales team might use it for inspiration for you know for creating copy for ads but do I really want to see AI replacing Niall and Sean on the breakfast show no I don't so I think there's there's nuances that are really important that are at the core of what radio is all about and and why we have that 92% listening to us weekly so yeah tread carefully is what I think we need to do with it but not ignore it yeah anybody else got any thoughts on AI yeah I think um, it, it presents an enormous opportunity in many ways I was lucky enough over Christmas period to get a quite a, a rundown of the potential of it for research and for, you know, summarizing large volumes of information and so on, which I think can be of huge assistance to people like producers and reporters and journalists and so on. Um, I wouldn't like to see it being used to replace people in jobs. I think we should look at it as, as an enhancement tool. Um, I do think that it will raise uh, regulatory um, issues. Uh, and I think the regulators need to move um, pretty quickly on it. I think, you know, IBI has been talking about 
you know, for at least 10 or 15 years about the inequalities um, that have emerged in relation to comparing, you know, broadcast media with online media. And I think, you know, we don't have to think too hard to think of a lot of the negative effects of online and social media. Um, I think those could pale into insignificance unless rapid uh, action is taken in relation to regulatory issues around the whole um, artificial intelligence. Um, But that's above our pay grade. But all we can do is call for the powers that be to take that on because I do think it's an important issue. True. Uh, Brian, you had some thoughts on it? We actually researched this earlier on in the year as part of the sound effect. So, you know, we kind of heroed on AI. And what we actually did was we took our new breakfast show from 96FM and cloned their voices and uh, basically put out some links there and tested them in some kind of focus groups. So some of the findings are really, really interesting. I mean, like we probably didn't give them the easiest task, to be fair. Um, you know, you do find that, that the voices can be slightly American, but with half an hour of content, they were able to really replicate those voices very, very well. Now, what they weren't able to replicate, to Gabrielle's point, was the interaction between those two voices and the interaction between those voices and the listeners. And I think that's the big difference. But there are massive benefits to it. It's not going to replace your, you know, your kind of personality led radio or anything like that. But it does give opportunity. So, for example, I think the latest um, the latest census showed that 13 percent of uh, people in Ireland don't identify as Irish as in they weren't born in Ireland. Now, if that continues to grow, and we think it probably is going to continue to grow, there's potential that we are, you know, losing a lot of our audience before we even start because they don't understand the content we're delivering. So, for example, areas like translation, there can be real benefit. I think to John's point, areas like research in terms of music and what people want to talk about and what's trending right now, AI can do brilliant jobs of delivering that. And I think it can also bring personality to extensions of our brands as well. So, for example, we created a radio station for a big retailer this year, which was specifically for them and delivered for them. And I think AI can, you know, if you get the right voice cloned, you can kind of maybe deliver more personality to that sort of a product very, very well through AI as well. So it's definitely an interesting space. I think there's lots of benefits to it. Uh, I think, though, you know, it's going to take a lot, lot more before it's ever replaced traditional radio and the success traditional radio can have as two people interact or interact with their audience. Can I ask the um, the presenters that you cloned, how do they feel about it? They were, uh, they were <laughs> sceptical and interested in, into and actually eventually kind of once they heard it, wanted to kind of see where they could actually bring it onto their own radio show and kind of use it as a discussion topic as well. So I think we were quite clear, you know, where we thought this was going to end. But it was interesting, like when we when we tested with um, the focus groups, the first person to pick up the difference was someone from the locality. And I think that was in itself interesting that they kind of picked the nuances in the accent and stuff like that. Um, so that was one of the things we saw. But yeah, I mean, I, look, I don't think we were ever kind of putting it out there going, hey, can we clone your voices so we can replace you? It was a brand new breakfast show as well, which was, you know, something we wanted to trial, something that hadn't been kind of heard in the market before. So um, to give it as, as fair a test as you possibly could. But, you know, look, I think like everyone, they're interested to see what it sounded like. They were probably picking, well, they've got that bit right. They've got that bit wrong. You know, we, as I said, we used half an hour of, of their show links to create the voices. You know, if you were constantly putting in new content for them, I think you'd get it really, really close, like 99.9% if you if you really wanted to work at it. But it's it's just the interaction. It's never going to be able to replace that. Yeah. 
That's it's the nuance and the and the the local you know the local language that I just don't think AI yeah. would be able to copy. Interesting and scary at the same time. Andy, if uh, if you asked any of us on the call uh, if we did this last year, like at the start of twenty twenty three, would any of us have said that Ryan Chubridi would be cancelled and then back on Virgin Radio and doing quite well? I think uh, none of us would have predicted that, and so that's why I think twenty twenty four is going to be. Very exciting. We don't know what, you know what what we're going to be facing this time next year. I think it's new. It's new technology, and I think radio has gone from reel to reels to mini discs to digital. And I think you know we'd embrace it um, and see how it can help us. Though I think rather than replace anything, but I, I would also feel as well, you know, if it can help with time consuming tasks and you know free up people to be creative, um, brilliant. But I think the the local element, the human interaction, and that is is you know what radio is at its core and I wouldn't like to see any of that being replaced no definitely not radio is about personality and and long may that last Uh, and I don't think any computer in any way shape or form could replicate that simple as that so a little bit longer than usual but I believe worth it and absolutely thank you very much indeed to Brian McCarthy from Urban Media to Fiona Stack from Radio Kerry Gabrielle Cummins from Beat 102 103 and also John Purcell from KCLR That's been Radio Talks. I'm Andy Matthews. Remember, if you want something mentioned or if you'd like a topic covered, all you've got to do is email info at learningwaves.ie and Hannah Casey, who produced this episode and the podcast, uh, will pick up and be straight back to you. Until next time, take care.